Hello, welcome to the box room number five of this new series. My name is Marty. Hello, my name is Jen. Uh, today it is Jen's genre yep. <laughs> of choice and here's Jen to tell you what it is. <laughs> so yeah, it's back to being my turn again. So we're doing another folk horror film because I like that sort of thing and that was my choice. Today we are going to talk about The Children of the Corn a 1984 horror movie which was suggested to us by Tango Tastic on Twitter also known as Cat Evans. So thank you Cat for this suggestion because it's kind of perfect really. <laughs> yeah, thanks um, very much and it's a film I hadn't seen before. Yeah, no I hadn't seen it either. So um, always one like oh yeah I'll get around to that one day. Never did. It's well, it's a it's folk horror. B it's Stephen King so that's a big tick for me personally yeah it's and, a tick and, and for me as well yeah. i'd say personally personally you take <laughs> yeah for you too yeah we both we both have a history with stephen king which makes it sound like yeah we've got issues we've with got him. issues with him or something or we've taken him to court in the past yeah but we haven't we've just read a lot of his books and also we wouldn't be together speaking to you now if it wasn't for stephen king yeah before before we fell out and took him to court he actually <laughs> introduced us to each other yeah. <laughs> down the uh, the tiger in Camberwell. That's not entirely correct. Oh. Or even remotely true. <laughs> but it is true that we um met because of Stephen King. In truth, uh, through the Dark Tower series of books. That's right. So we were both big fans of the Dark Tower and we both ended up on a fan forum for the Dark Tower back 100 years ago. Mm. Well, I guess about It was the dawn of the century, wasn't it? Oh, fucking hell, it really was. So I I think I started going on that forum about well, been 18 years ago, I guess, because I was on there a bit before I met you. I, I, I joined after <laughs> um, I'd read the last book because I didn't want to have any spoilers. Mm. So the, the forum was on my radar for a while, but I was doing the sensible thing of avoiding it like the plague for a bit. And then I joined up and then got chatting and there was only about... Four or five Brits in, on there. Yes, that's right. Yeah, it's yeah. gosh, it's so strange thinking about this now because forums like that have kind of died a death, mostly because of Twitter and Facebook. Everybody does their social interactions that way now. But back in the day, a hundred years ago, we used to do internet forums where you would go and chat with people who were fans of the same thing, and there were thousands of people on this forum, wasn't there? Mm. Um, but mostly American. It was mostly American it, side. Yeah. And so, yeah, only about four or five British people. So we ended up all knowing each other. Clinging to Cl- a raft <laughs> of hope. Yeah. <laughs> we did. We all became quite thick with each other. And then met up uh, and started going out with each other. So it was kind yeah. of... So I think probably just because we were like, like the nearest Brits to each other. <laughs> oh, is that the only reason? That's charming. Oh, she'll do. She's just down the road. Rude. <laughs> And yeah, so I mean, it was an amazing forum, and we made some f- amazing friends there who uh, we still speak to all the time. It was a, sh- it was a strange and wonderful time. <laughs> so thank you for that, Stephen King. It's pretty major. And the calendar. There was a calendar. Oh, we don't talk about the calendar. Okay, I'll edit this <laughs> out. Because <laughs> we have a friend who every time that you know it gets mentioned, he likes to post those pictures um, <laughs> on social media. So we don't. We won't go there again. Anyway, gone violently off track in the first five minutes, which is great. Sorry. I feel like that is important background, though. 
It is. Yeah. God bless Mr. King. Yes. Thank and, you. Thank you, Uncle Stevie. Relationship skills. <laughs> yes. So we are talking about Children of the Corn, which is a film based on a Stephen King short story, which appeared in uh, the collection Night Shift, which I think I probably read when I was a kid. I think that might have been when I read Night Shift because it, I suspect it was one of the library books I got out when I was going through my horror period as a child. So anyway, lifelong Stephen King reader. <laughs> <laughs> it's based on the short story. It came out in 1984. It starred Linda Hamilton. Pre-Terminator. Pre-Terminator, we think. Looking incredibly young and kind of fresh-faced and lovely. and um, Very cheerful. Very cheerful, yeah. Not, not her TT self at all. No. And another guy called Peter Horton, I think his name is, who was briefly, oh, not, well, he was at one point married to Michelle <laughs> <Briefly>. Pfeiffer. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea how long that lasted. I don't know why I threw that in. So, directed by Fritz Kirsch. It was a horror film that came out in 1984, a great sort of period for horror films, I suspect. And it did really well. So there, yeah, we'll get onto that in a minute, but shall we talk about what it's about? Yeah, what is the rough plot on this one? It's about a couple who are driving somewhere, Vicky and Bert. Don't get many Berts no. in any films, really, especially not horror films. <laughs> it's, it's not not a lead character name, really. It's really it? not, no. It's a lead actor name. Definitely, yeah. You're Bert Lancaster's and you're Bert Reynolds and... <laughs> What have you? But Bert just makes me think of what well, a my uncle Bert, <laughs> whose name was Alan, confusingly, and Bert and Ernie. Oh, uh, Bert from my and local. Bert from down the road, yeah. <laughs> so it's Bert and Vicky are driving through Nebraska, and they come across a town, essentially where all of the adults have been murdered by the children, and they are all in thrall to a really creepy kid called Isaac who has kind of started off this worship of some kind of malevolent deity that exists in the cornfields. Because it's Nebraska and they're surrounded by cornfields. It's like a corn-based Logan's Run. It kind of is. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and if you get to, I think it's 18 or 19? in the, Yeah, was not it 19, 19, I think, 19. yeah. Very Stephen King number, 19. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, if you get to the age of 19, you get murdered and they're really happy about it that and they were really yeah, chuffed one yeah. kid who reached his birthday and he was like really well happy did i do do off to carve a pentagram into my chest yeah. and be murdered yeah Yay. yeah so bert and vicky being responsible adults are like Whoa, what no, are you all kids, playing don't. at stop this yeah it's naughty and they are assisted by two little kids called i think job and sarah job, yeah yeah job is a very biblical name as well Yes, yeah, although I think the Bert refers to him as Joby. Yeah, he gets called Joby a Joby. couple of times, doesn't he? Joby's sort of cute, but it, every now and then it sounded like Jobby. <laughs> that, Jobby is not cute. It's not cute, no. is it, no? And Little Jobby. Having kind of refreshed my memory of the short story, I don't think those kids are in the short story. No? No, so originally Stephen King wrote the screenplay for it, but the people making the movie decided not to go with it, so... Yeah. I think they've, you know, introduced some small children and I think Job narrates part of it as well, doesn't he? That rings a bell. We only saw it the other night, my God. <laughs> I know. And essentially those are the good kids and all the other kids are like 
off their tits on corn syrup or something mm. and are worshipping a thing which they refer to as he who walks behind the rose, which is very cool. Yeah, so that's the that's the basic plot. There's a lot of stabbing. There's a lot of lot of shots of children picking up sharp implements. Yes, evil evil kids. Evil kids. Yes. You know, without any adult supervision around, it goes a bit like you know, corn-fed Lord of the Flies. Yes. Yeah. And they've all got. They're all wearing some very old-fashioned sort of homespun clothes. They've all got old-fashioned names and there's like there's the guy who's the enforcer malachi malachi Malachi, yeah yeah, who is played by courtney gaines a character actor who turns up in lots of things i think although courtney gaines is such a drag queen name (laughs) (laughs) sort of wanted him to be a drag queen but he had lovely hair (laughs) yeah well i mean i was pleased to discover that he was in back to the future Yes, which I, I I thought that you knew everyone's yeah. face that had appeared in Back to the Future, every uh, single extra. He had very very short hair and he looked really different then. Uh, he he was the one who, at the end, um, it was after George punched out Biff and he was dancing <laughs> with Lorraine and this, this guy comes up and says, buzz off, George, I'm cutting in and pushes George away. Yeah. And then George says, no, no sod this and then pushes... Wash his face out of the way and, and gives Lorraine a kiss, and then Marty is born. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Marty it, McFly was born, yes. not you. Well, yeah. no, yeah, that would have been a, a little weird, uh, confusing, yeah, mashup. Yeah. Uh, but he was also the guy I didn't realise when Marty first saw his dad actually at the school um, with the sign that said "Kick Me" on his back. Uh, uh, he was the guy who put the "Kick Me" sign on him and I see. knocked his books to the ground. So he was like at the beginning of the school. So he's set up at the end of it. He's a jerk, basically. Yeah, he's a general jerk. A bit, a bit of a bully, but a bit of a kind of a, a clown, I suppose. He would have perceived himself as, yeah, because like the ultimate yeah. bully was Biff. <laughs> of course. Anyway, was Back to the Future nineteen eighty five? Yeah. So. So it's after. After this, so yeah, he'd grown into his face a bit more by then as well. I think. <laughs> Poor lad. Oh, it's harsh. <laughs> he does have incredible hair in Children of the Corn. Yeah. This kind of massive ginger uh, He mane. looks like he's been at the salon. <laughs> it's incredible. It's amazing. As I said to you when we were watching it, that is what would happen to my hair if I never did anything with it at all. It does this kind of wild flicking up in every direction. So there but for the grace great. of God go I. Yeah, <laughs> it would not look great. It would look amazing. It's horrific. That's the basic premise of it. Is there any bits that you particularly enjoyed or disliked or <laughs> ambivalent about? It's it, it, it's it's kind of difficult in a way. I was reading a review about something absolutely totally unrelated before. Someone watched an old program from from my youth, and it's like basically the whole review was how how shit it was. And a fuck's sake, you know, you're you're talking about a children's program from about forty four years ago. It wasn't Doctor Who. Not relevant to you, no, (laughs) whatsoever. Well before your time, you know, boohoo for not liking it. (laughs) Get over it. But on the other hand, it's sort of things are are of their time, and and this was of its time. So yeah, this is why I haven't kind of watched it. 
like in recent years because it is it's, it's not modern it's not in hd yep yep <laughs> i'm getting a bit fussy in my old age but you forget there's so much goodness despite production values and yeah. attitudes and you know, at the time and the way the way things worked there are nuggets in there the, so you were saying there are nuggets in yeah. Children of oh, the Corn. No, absolutely. No, I, th- I think it's a really good film. The the preacher kid, mm. um, especially. I, th- I think we we need to do a proper talk about that guy. <laughs> oh yeah. So this is Isaac, who yeah. is the kid, who is essentially their leader at the beginning of the film, who commands them. I imagine to go and murder all of the adults, and you see him first of all outside the kind of cafe yeah so there's like a little prelude sequence where you see the adults getting killed and isaac is just sort of hanging around outside the window and he does look really creepy he's got this kind of big black hat on good setup good casting i think they shot that really well and he was it is good casting because he is genuinely a creepy child Mm. although not a child at the time of filming i don't think Uh, yeah we, we discovered he was actually 24 it does, yeah, it didn't look but 24. But like playing like a, a young teen. Yes. I've written down in my notes, <laughs> this is probably a bit unfair, Isaac looks like Paul McCartney slash an old lady. <laughs> Which Paul McCartney does sort of look like an old lady. It's not inaccurate, yeah. Well, yeah, which is probably yeah, a yeah. bit unfair. McCartney looks like you now, doesn't he? does a bit. But yeah, great casting. I also thought Malachi was good, well cast as well because he is an unlikable child you know i mean he's a vi- he he's the character which often turns up in stephen king stories who is there because he enjoys the violence mm. basically there's a lot of that in stephen king so you usually get the person who's in charge who's in it for like, ideological reasons and then and you get their the second in command who's just a dickhead yeah and yeah i thought that was great and really fun my other kind of feeling, general feeling about it was that I felt like knowing Linda Hamilton as we do from Terminator, Terminator and Terminator 2 and everything else, I felt like she was kind of wasted in it mm. because I was like waiting for her to kick off basically and start like drop kicking kids heads off or, you know, machine gunning them down. And Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah. Oh. You know, but that's probably a bit unfair because obviously that's her persona from Terminator 2. <laughs> she can't always be that character. But also, I think maybe it's just watching too many horror films of that period, but you do grow used to the idea that there's always a final girl. Do you Have you heard, heard of this kind of theory? So it's basically like things like Halloween, for example, where, you know, sort of slasher films where everyone gets picked off and there's one girl left and she has to defeat the monster. Right, with you, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, Ripley and Alien as well. Mm. And there's loads of examples, basically. Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes, Nightmare on Elm Street. Because all that period, you know. Mm. So I was fully expecting Bert to cop it, basically. Yeah. And for um, Vicky to, you know, win the day. Because that's how horror films often work so i was a little bit sad that didn't happen so because in the end essentially they are still alive they survive spoilers and there's a really weird sequence right this is probably too early to cover the end sequence but there's a bit like the end where everybody's been defeated and uh, 
he who walks behind the rose is kind of zapped up into the clouds or whatever. <laughs> and they go to drive off, basically, don't they? Mm. And the uh, a, a girl pops up in the back seat of the car. And he just sort of like, Bert just sort of takes the knife off of her and goes like, oh, for fuck's sake, stop it. And then they just, and then they just leave. <laughs> and that's the yeah. end. It's like that, that amb- is... amble off. It wasn't even yeah. in a, any kind of like, like set determined direction. Looks like the car is yeah. full of corn. The engine is, is like stuffed with corn. <laughs> Everything's stuffed with corn. And so there's like, uh, uh, and they wander off. And as they're doing that, the titles are going up. Mm. It's yeah, like it's a very a kind, kind of, of oddly, so, oh, oh, just oh. an ending that sort of happens. But, you know. We'll, we'll be off then, I suppose. <laughs> I also liked that there was a, the little girl in it. Sarah has a sort of is a classic Stephen King character in a way, and I don't know if Stephen King's actually responsible for her. Down that we say that, but the idea of of a, a character who can who is a a seer or has the shining basically. Mm. So you know, little kids who can tell what's going to happen. In the f- so she's drawing pictures, isn't she, that predict what, what's going to happen. Yeah. Which isn't actually made much... They don't make an awful lot of it in the film. No. So maybe that's a part that was cut. Well, it's, it's, or it's part of maybe King's screenplay that maybe, was yeah. like, kept in. Because that ties into a lot of his... Yes. Work. A lot. A lot. A lot. <laughs> so, I mean, the whole thing with The Shining... Danny Torrance and you know um, Doctor Sleep, and then there's like all all kids with weird abilities turn mm. up a lot. Dark Tower. Dark Tower, yeah. Patrick Danville. Yes. Uh, another character that um, whose picture drawing is very significant. Yes, would be significant. And there's a the little girl in Firestarter who can start fires. I was, I, was, I was thinking, oh, that that bit with the door, but that was in Pet Cemetery that we watched the other day. The bit with the door. Yeah, oh, the door. Like the dream. Yes. Yeah, that, that, oh. that's a Dark Tower reference. Yeah, so maybe we should talk about the interconnectedness of <laughs> of, of Stephen old. King's books. He's yeah, basically written one big book. <laughs> yes. There's one overall story amongst his different stories. Yes. So, for example. The, the big connection with this one, really, the children of the corn takes place in Nebraska and the characters are repeatedly try you know, they're talking about trying to get to a place called Hemingford. And Hemingford is the place that everyone in the stand is trying to get to. Mm. Obviously, the stand is um, one of Stephen King's chonkiest and most popular <laughs> books and one of my favourites, one of my all-time favourites. Yeah. And in that, you've got these characters who are all trying to they're either being drawn by good or evil basically and if you're good you're going to Hemingford home where mother Abigail is and so that's you know a link I guess there's always always in his works there are little hints to all the ways that they're connected and I've kind of felt as well while I was watching it that it reminded me a lot of The Stand because there's a lot of stuff. <laughs> my my main memory of The Stand is the 90s TV series, so this might not be accurate now, where Mother Abigail, this kind of good figure, is often talking about the evil that lurks in the corn, you know, because she's surrounded by cornfields as well. Mm. And the characters often have, like, you know, visions or dreams 
about something in the corn that's coming for them, which is, of course, exactly what Children of the Corn is about. Yes, it's, it's okay. when I, I think it is a kind of a nerdy yeah. uh, excitement when, when you pick up a reference to, you know, a, 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 a king thread throughout any, any of the books. Yes, anything where it's any of the stories. connected. So, like, reading things like It, for example, there are a lot of connections between that and The Dark Tower as well. Mm, mm. And yeah, like you were saying, we we watched the new film of Pet Cemetery the other day. Yeah, which was definitely a film that we watched. <laughs> yeah, the cat was really good. <laughs> Best thing in it. I really love the cat. <laughs> but there is a bit in that where the father is having a dream and he steps through a door that's just sort of standing in a forest alone. And if you read the Dark Tower books, you will know the significance of doors you know, standing by themselves and yeah. stuff. So, yeah, we're always excited by stuff like that. We're pointing to go, ooh. Ooh, <laughs> In terms of folk horror-ness, yeah, I think this is a kind of a, a great version of it, obviously, because it's it's that classic outsiders going out into the countryside and meeting a load of people who are doing weird religious shit. Which is, you know, is classic. It's like incomprehensible. Why? <laughs> Why you do it? Yeah. Nonsense. And like the Wicker Man, there's lots of opportunities where you think you should just leave now. You know, mm. when they're in the, the town, and you know, you're seeing these kids doing all this weird stuff, and the whole place is deserted, and they go in the cafe, and it's all busted up, and there's corn everywhere, and it's like just leave. I, I, just I get in your car. Can't help but imagine if that, if that was me and you there, and we we started to witness all this weird shit, and we're just like, should we just fuck we'd off? be like, nope, yeah, let's we just Don't, let's go, move on, yeah, or we should leave. Get out of this. This, is, this is nuts. <laughs> yeah, so and then we'd live like they, which they didn't at the end of the book. The minute oh of the short yeah, story. the short so the short story is largely similar, mm. but the ending is quite different. So. So you know that Linda Hamilton gets crucified and she's got like a a crown of corn on her head and all this stuff. But she's okay. You know, she's just a bit pissed off. Yeah. Whereas in the book, they gouge her eyeballs out and she's dead. And then uh, Bert also cops it, basically. Just after finding her body, I think, wasn't it? I think so. Something like that. Yeah, so it's a lot more of a downer ending which is kind of what you would expect from a Stephen King short story they're not big on happy like, endings oh no the the engine is full of corn <laughs> we'll have off. to walk to Hemingford oh well do, yeah do, 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 do. yeah and I actually think that Stephen King is an incredible short story writer I think that some of his most amazing work is in the short story because he's just really good at it and they're very they're very to the point it's very different writing a short story to a novel, you know, in lots of different ways. And I think often the criticism of Stephen King's bigger, fatter novels is that he kind of muffs up the ending a bit, mm. which I don't necessarily agree with. But with his short stories, he never misses the ending. It's always spot on. It's always a gut punch and it's always creepy. Yeah. So I think his short stories are incredible. That was my main point. Yeah, so I was looking through. You were looking as well at the, the, you know, the the pages on the internet about these films, and it turns out that although these it wasn't critically particularly popular, Children of the Corn, I think mostly film reviewers were like, "Oh no, this is bad." Actually, it was a popular enough film that they made a hundred million sequels to it. 
there are, there are nine sequels and one prequel. Uh, and the prequel, the last one in, in, that was out last year, in 2020, <laughs> um, was the prequel. <laughs> I kind of want to watch all of them, regardless of quality. There's something great. That's one of the things that I really love about horror is that they often, like horror films, is that they often inspire this mad kind of devotion. And so you do end up with a ridiculous number of sequels. So things like Nightmare on Elm Street and the Jason films, you know, all of these sort of horror franchises that go on forever and ever and ever. People just like love this thing and they can't get enough of it, regardless of, you know, often whether it's any good or not. What, what I thought as, as well, one thing I, I thought about this film would, would have been great back in the day of video rental. Mm. Going, you know, going down to choose like a, a horror film, like, you know, a bit of a scary one for yeah. a Friday or Saturday night, something, and picking that one out. It would have been, I'm not saying it wasn't enjoyable watching it, but, but that would have been a much more of an event kind of watch, and you would have like, yeah. appreciated it more having to like single that one out and sat down with everyone to watch it. Yeah. Every night with the lights off, it would have been yeah. probably good. Yeah, I mean, when I was very small, uh, there used to be like a video rental place above like, it was like a Safeway or something in Erith. <laughs> and I remember being taken there by mum and she would go off to find whatever it was we were renting out, Pretty Woman or something dreadful. <laughs> And I would wander off to the kind of horror section and and spend the whole time looking at videos like exactly like Children of the Corn, because I just loved anything that looked horrific and scary. Anything yeah. where it looked like the title had been drawn in blood. <laughs> yeah. And the video cassette itself was like largely black, and you would have maybe like a scary zombie hand on the front. Oh yeah. Yeah. With the nails. Nails and like a bit of flesh missing. I loved anything like that. Obviously, I wasn't allowed to watch any of it, but all I did in video shops was to go and find those films. My big love of horror, I think, comes from this like, weird confluence of not being allowed to watch any of that stuff, but seeing the video case covers for it, mm. and then being told by my cousins what those films were about, and then I would imagine something much, much worse than the yeah. films ever were. So I would I spent a lot of time having nightmares about films I hadn't even seen. Like I didn't see Nightmare on Elm Street until I was in my twenties, mm. and it's not that scary. Is it, it turns out. Is, is, are you you put in this? Are you trying to redress the balance by putting this into your new books? Yeah, the new book. Yeah, that's that is probably literally why I write scary things. Your, your books are scarier than the video nasties <laughs> of the eighties. Well, I'm not sure about that, but. I mean, that's what happens when you don't let a kid watch horror films when they're really small. They will just make up something worse and then they'll end up being a horror writer or a crime writer. And yes, then with concerned relatives, then where will you be? <laughs> yeah. Then you've created someone who spends all their time on Wikipedia looking up grisly serial killers. <laughs> yeah. That's what happens, parents, if you don't let your children watch horrible films. So think on. Oh, I did want to mention, I know we're running out of time, but you did tell me that they had real corn for some of the filming and then <laughs> yeah. for the more complicated action sequences, stunt corn. Yes, some kind yeah. of plastic, some plastic corn or, fake or corn. something. It's stunt, I can't believe they had stunt corn. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I quite like that idea. That tickled me, that did.
that back, wraps it up for that film, I think. Yes, I'm so I apologise because I could talk about old horror films and Stephen King books literally forever. Right, we could we could totally do that another time. We're we're coming to the <laughs> uh, the end of our series of genres. Yeah, I guess so. Our three each of your my horror films folk, and your horror and my time travel. And yeah. I don't know what the next film is going to be. Yeah, so we're so, still asking for suggestions from, from people. Yes. Otherwise it's going to be Time Cop. Oh, fuck. We watched Time Cop already. <laughs> and I'm just going to say, if you make us do Time Cop, I'm going to be really annoyed. Because it has like, within the first five minutes, it has Jean-Claude Van Damme doing the splits. Yeah, he does it quite a few times. He does it a few times. Yeah, yeah, I've never... I'm A film that's so obviously written so that Jean-Claude Van Damme can do the splits a lot. So, yeah, so save, save us from talking about Time Cop because we don't want to. I mean, I have things to say about Time Cop. I just don't know if anyone wants to hear them. So if you do have any suggestions, do at us on Twitter. If you have any time travel film suggestions, then at us. I'm at Senny Dreadful. And you are? I'm at Doug Strider. So before we go, is there anything we want to recommend that people consume? Uh, Line of Duty is back on. The crime drama on the BBC about bent coppers. Bent coppers. <laughs> bent coppers. Which we watched. I think we binge watched all of the previous series last year, didn't we? Was it last yeah, year? Yeah, we were late to it. We were late to it. We were very late to it. And then, and then we kind of liked it when we started watching it. So, yeah, we, we totally binged. Yeah. So that's back on. And it's, you know, great. So definitely watch that. There's a bingo card somewhere online. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's like every time What's-His-Face says Mother of God or something, you yeah. take a drink. So that's great what's fun. What's-His-Face in a waistcoat. Oh, yeah. Every time Steve wears a waistcoat, you have a drink Get and a cry. Get I've also been playing a lot of Animal Crossing New Horizons on my Switch. How's that working out? It's lovely. It's very cute. I've been growing lots of flowers, catching lots of fish. I'm in horrible debt to a raccoon. It's a weird game in many ways, (laughs) but ultimately lovely and weirdly therapeutic. And we started watching a TV series called Alice in Borderland today, didn't we? On Netflix. Which is crazy. Yes. It's a Japanese program about... Well, I would say it's kind of like The Cube. Remember The Cube films? Yeah. Cube films meets Crystal Maze meets Saw. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's all, all those elements and the, the mystery. Like, where the hell has everyone gone? Mm. Yes, yeah, so I recommend that. It's, uh, it's fun and gory. Oh, it's kind of a bit like Battle Royale as well. Do you ever, do you ever see that? What's that one? This is like a Japanese film from many years ago that's a bit like The Hunger Games, but before The Hunger Games was a thing. Mm. It was like school children blowing each other up. Oh, cool. Yeah, so recommend that. And as usual, I will big up my book that's coming out in July. What's the book? It's called Dog Rose Dirt. That's? That's Dog Rose Dirt from HarperCollins. <laughs> uh, it's coming out on July the 22nd, and it's... About a woman who has to go and speak to a imprisoned serial killer to find out why her mum committed suicide and who is committing copycat murders on the outside. And it's very dark and there are elements of folk horror to it, which is why I keep talking about folk horror. 
There's that, and that, that's it. That's all I have to say. I've run out of notes. That's great. I think that will do us. It's a lovely talking to you, Jennifer. <laughs> it's the only time we talk to each other <laughs> is during this podcast. Well, thanks for listening. Yeah, and, um, thank you. Yeah, do get in touch if you have any suggestions for films for Marty. Yes, well, for both of us, really. Yeah. But it does have to include some element of time travel, please. Thank you. That would be awesome. Okay. Yeah, cheers all. Thank you and good night. Come with us, come with us. We're going to change the world. You'll be amazed, so full of praise. When we rearrange your world, we're going to Motherfucker! Sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog.